the Apostle Paul writes, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So I wanted to spend just a, a minute thinking about this part of scripture that maybe we often glance over as we read it. Maybe we'll put more attention on other things, but I think this is incredibly important. It says that when Jesus, it says this in all the gospel accounts and also in the first Corinthians passage we just read, that when Jesus had brought the disciples together, when he had given thanks, he broke the bread. The Greek word for given thanks there is where we get the English word Eucharist from. It's pretty interesting. That's one of the names that has often been used at the Lord's Supper. It literally means thanksgiving or to give thanks. What's interesting to me is that this, this time of communion that Jesus instituted for the church, this time to take the Lord's Supper, was intended to be a time of thanksgiving. And think about it. Jesus himself was giving thanks. That's so interesting to me because what was he about to do? I mean, a few hours later, he was going to be put on trial and then brought to the cross where he would undergo the greatest suffering that any human being has ever gone through, where he would bear the punishment for all of the sins of all of God's people throughout all time in a three-hour span. It's incredible. And yet he gave thanks. And so as we come to the Lord's table together, we give thanks. You see, four days from now, we're all going to be seated around very different tables. They're going to be decorated very nicely. Um, there might be music playing. You might have the parade on TV, and then a little later you might have football on TV. And you know it's not going to be good because they make the Lions play every year. But that's not the point. You see, and there's going to be all this delicious high-calorie food that we just can't wait to dig into. And we've been starving ourselves all morning because we want to have a, as empty of a stomach as possible before we come to Thanksgiving. You get the point. Thanksgiving is coming, and it's a wonderful, glorious day. And I think it's really important that we take time out of our regular schedules and out of our regular lives to stop and to give thanks. Because I think, by and large, we live in a culture that is incredibly ungrateful. We, we live in a culture that is marked by ingratitude. But we still have this one day every year, one day, once a year, when we come together, when we stop what we're doing, we stop from our work, we stop from our normal routine, and we give thanks. And you know, never mind the fact that before the day is over, you're going to be trampling somebody to save money on a TV. But still, we take one day a year and we give thanks. And that's so important. But what about this? What we often give thanks for, and a lot of families, my family does this, we'll go around the table and we'll all say what we're thankful for. And in the midst of saying the things that we're thankful for, good things, maybe it's my family, my friends, my, my work, my material possessions, those are all great things and they're blessings from the Lord that we ought to give thanks for. But, but what about in the midst of giving thanks for those things, we fail to give thanks for the ultimate thing, the ultimate blessing that God has given us. And through the gospel, that's himself. You see, it says in Romans chapter 1, one of the things that defines fallen humanity, one of the things that is characteristic of us as sinners is that we're not grateful. We know that there's a God, and we know that we ought to honor him, and we ought to have a relationship with him, but we so often fail to be grateful to him. 
We will substitute other false gods in his place. We'll put other things as number one in our lives and we'll chase after them instead of God. But God loved us so much that rather than leaving us in our mess in the person of Jesus Christ, God became a man and came to rescue us. Jesus is the God-man. He's 100% God, 100% man in one person. That's what we're getting ready to celebrate at Christmas. That's what we call the incarnation, this glorious miracle that God has come to us in Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. And what did Jesus do? He came and he died on the cross. He paid our debt in full, taking the punishment that we deserved for our sins on himself and paying for it in full. This is what we call substitution. In one of my favorite books, John Stott, called The Cross of Christ, he says this. He calls it the self-substitution of God. He said, the concept of substitution may be said then to lie at the heart of both sin and salvation. For the essence of sin is man substituting himself for God, while the essence of salvation is God substituting himself for man. Man asserts what God Man asserts himself against God and puts himself where only God deserves to be. But God sacrifices himself for man and puts himself where only man deserves to be. You see, the message of the gospel is that he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God substituted himself for us so that we could get God. That is the ultimate blessing of the gospel. And that is something to be thankful for always. So this morning, as we're taking communion, I want you to think of it from the perspective of thanksgiving. And I want to give you three things to be thankful for and to thank God for as you partake of communion this morning. First thing is we give thanks for what Jesus did for us, what we just got done discussing We look backward at the sacrifice that Jesus made for us, substituting himself on our behalf on that cross so that we could be forgiven and righteous in the sight of God. And as we do that, we can have full confidence that it is finished, that it is done, that it is paid for, that what Jesus accomplished on the cross really is sufficient. There's nothing left for us to earn, to work, to do. It's done. Jesus paid it all every single ounce of it. So we look back with thanksgiving at what Jesus has done for us. And second, we look inward and we thank Jesus for what he is doing in us. We look inward at the reality that Jesus has saved us, that he's filled us with his spirit, that he has brought us into this body of believers called the church together, and that he's in this process of shaping us and molding us into his image. That God, if you can have comfort as a believer that God's not done with you yet, no matter what you're struggling with this morning, whatever that, that sin is that just keeps kicking your butt, whatever that trial is, God's at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. God is going to accomplish that. So we look inward and we thank Jesus that he is working in us and that he's not going to leave us now. And finally, we look forward to what Jesus will do for us. We take communion looking forward to Jesus' glorious return. That's what we just got done singing about in the last song. The story of redemption, it didn't end at the cross. It's not even over now. Jesus rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven where he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And right now, he is working through his church to gather all of God's people together from every corner of the earth. That's our job. 
And then when that's done, he's coming again and he's going to establish his kingdom and we are going to reign with him forever and ever and ever in a world with no death, no pain, no crying, no sickness because the old things will have passed away. Isn't that good news? We look forward with thanksgiving to that is the hope that we have. We have a hope that is unshakable, a living hope because of Jesus Christ. So we look forward to that day with eager anticipation. So now I just want to give you guys a couple of instructions, just a little bit of information about the way that we do communion here at Coastal.